Welcome to season two of the Cafe Nervosa podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Taryn. We are two ladies who have a deep and abiding appreciation for the 1990s NBC sitcom Frasier. In this podcast, we're going through the show season by season, and we're talking about specific topics as we go. We will lovingly dissect the episodes and plots, share many clips featuring our favorite jokes, and gush over Roz and Lilith. In this episode, we're talking about the cast and Kelsey Grammer, and for season two, that means praising Frasier's competence at work and rifling through the IMDb pages of noted guest stars and callers. So prepare a snifter of Armagnac and grab a seat on your exact replica of the couch Coco Chanel had in her Paris atelier as we talk about season two of Frasier. Before we get into the topic, here's a refresher on season two of Frasier. Recall at this point, Frasier is settled into his life in Seattle and that his hair is still being worn in a hideous skullet. In season two, Frasier's main relationships are with Madeline Marshall, whom he takes to Bora Bora, and Dr. Honey Snow, the self-help book author. Niles and Maris are together, but Niles suspects Maris of having an affair with a Bavarian fencing teacher. Daphne has long hair and bangs and not much other story. Martin has to get Eddie neutered, and Roz is winning at life with huge 90s hair by being a great radio producer and by having the sex life she chooses without apology. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Taryn, what would you like to talk about first? I wanted to talk about the episode Dark Victory, because in that episode we get to see how good Frasier actually is at his job. This is the episode where, after a tough week of work, Frasier is hoping to relax and celebrate Martin's birthday, and he finds that he needs to help each member of his extended family with their personal problems. Right. Here is a clip of him explaining that week. I'm, I'm not really in the mood anymore. Oh, do be a party pooper. Oh, let him be. He's always been that way. Excuse me, just a second. Maybe it's time for a little lesson about what it's like to live the life of this particular party pooper. Spend the whole damn week ministering to the troubled and the neurotic and the sometimes just plain goofy. <laughs> then I hang up my earphones and it doesn't end there. Out on the street, at the cafe, even in this building, more people come up for help, more problems. I suppose they just think it's okay, it's, it's what I do. But every time I try to help them, it costs me a little piece of myself. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. So I end up feeling like a, a zebra carcass in a Serengeti surrounded by burping vultures. <laughs> well, this happened to be one of those weeks. I had my escape plan. I was going to come home for an evening of fun with my extended family. What do I get? I get the four of you going at each other like the Borgias on a bad day. <laughs> so I roll up my sleeves. And I tend to each one of you. 
and you all feel better. And the minute you get a whiff of mesquite coming from down below, <laughs> you are out the door without so much as a thank you. Well, thank you for the invitation, but I am frankly fed up with people and their problems. The doctor is out. Oh, come on. Okay, apologies accepted. Oh, Grace, you'll come? <laughs> no, no, look, you... I love you all. I really do. Just, uh, what I want is to be left alone right here where no one needs anything from me. Well, all right. Well, bring hey, hey, I'll bring you some bark. You yeah. wouldn't like yeah. Come down. Yeah. I love you. Have fun. So Frazier's had this very tiring week and he just wants to kick back and enjoy with his family and and he and he can't and he's rightly frustrated. And I just find in this episode you see that he's really good at his job, which he doesn't often get credit for. He gets sort of called a pop psychiatrist and and you don't get to the heart of, or that he doesn't get to the heart of people's issues and stuff, but he really does and he understands them well and he's able to like help people all the time and I just really like that about this episode. Yeah, this is a good example of that and we do see that he is, not not only is he a good psychiatrist, but he's a good friend, he's a good son and, and that really comes through. Yeah, and also Kelsey Grammer is really great in this episode. Like I find in that monologue, he's very affecting and conveys his emotions well. For sure. Lauren, what did you want to talk about? My favorite thing on the show is when we get to see Frasier overcommit and build himself up to be a genius, to be a great lover, to be smarter than your average man. Um, anything like that where he stacks himself up and he, he believes himself to be better than anything and gets cut down for it, that's a true delight. I definitely agree. We get a great example of this in season two in Retirement is Murder. Uh, this is the episode where Frazier thinks he's helped Martin solve a cold case that Martin has been working on for years. And Frazier's explanation of his theory about the case is pure gold. Here's a clip. <laughs> So, uh, tell us about it, Frazier. Oh, no, 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 I hate to toot my own horn, but, well, it will make Dad happy. I, I suppose it was my expertise in human behavior, combined with a, a lifelong enthusiasm for the Rwandan lowland gorilla that first set me thinking about the monkey. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm following you. Well, perhaps I'm going too fast. I'll, I'll go slower. Um, the key was... And I figured out that if Brisbane could teach a monkey to impersonate George Washington, then surely he could teach a monkey to cock a revolver, sneak up a fire escape, lie in wait for Helen, pump her full of lead, and then make his getaway, perhaps even still wearing the Revolutionary War regalia in order to confuse any chance witnesses. In fact, oh, and this, this is way out there, but, uh, geez, maybe you should check to see if there were any local bank robberies at the time that were committed by a short, hairy man wearing a powdered wig. You think the monkey was the killer? When I said I was standing next to him, I was really most of the way across the room. Ah, the monkey did it. <laughs> It's so... He commits to it so hard. He sure does. And it's that mix of 
he has this way of bringing bravado and overconfidence and belief that he's smarter than his old man and just this desperation to be a star in front of Martin's crowd of cop buddies. Oh, it's so satisfying to to listen to him fail. Yeah, and he also has a sincerity. He truly believes it. It is mm-hmm. he he knows it sounds crazy, but <laughs> stick with him, you'll believe it too. Yes, and it only works because he's such a lovable character. We've all had a dumb idea that we went all in on and were proven completely wrong. And so I think he brings a real humanity to that performance because we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) Taryn, it is time for your patented Who's Calling Rundown. We've got some good ones this season. Before I start, Lauren, you mentioned to me that you actually caught some. I caught two. So I am pretty bad at hearing voices and knowing who they belong to. It's a tough skill. And it's just not in my wheelhouse. But I caught two this season, so... I'm very impressed. Thank you. One of them is a bit of a softball. Meatball, as we like to say (laughs) around here. And that's Rosie Perez. I heard Ms. Perez. You can hear a mile away. Yeah, very iconic voice. Uh, But I'm pretty proud of the second one, uh, which is that I heard one Mary Steenburgen. Yes, you did. And I don't know if listeners know this, but Mary Steenburgen is married to one Edward Denson. Ted Denson. (laughs) (laughs) That's his name. (laughs) And... Further, do people know that she is an Oscar winner, Mary Steenburgen? That's amazing. I hope it was for One Magic Christmas. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) Her Oscar came from 1980's best picture called Melvin and Howard, that movie we all know and remember. Our favorite movie. Best picture. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, So those were the two that I caught. Well done. Thank you. Now, could you take us through the others? So, we have the likes of James Spader. Okay, Pretty in Pink's own James Spader. Bob Kazimakis from The Office. Oh my god, I love Bob Kazimakis. (laughs) Robert California. (laughs) But one time he lets his real name (laughs) slip. Don't really remember, but there we have it. Bob Kazimakis. We have Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a fan <laughs> of one Lily Tomlin. You may or may not know. Uh, Amy Madigan. Oh, who's Amy Madigan? You will know her from Field of Dreams. <laughs> will I? <laughs> <laughs> the great Alfre Woodard. Yes. Ms. Woodard. Mm-hmm. Into it. Sandra D. Of Grease Song fame. The, the Sandra D. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at her. She's Sandra D. Exactly. <laughs> You're familiar. <laughs> apparently she was in Gidget. That's apparently sure. why we're supposed to know her. I love Gidget. Yeah. <laughs> it will surprise no one. <laughs> Sydney Pollock. Uh-huh. Now deceased. Oh, yeah. Director of Tootsie. Yes, director of Tootsie. Art Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> Bozo the Clown himself. Mm-hmm. He got to call in. Good for Garfunkel. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Kevin Bacon. Okay, I like to think of him as Mr. Kevin Sedgwick. Fair enough. Mr. Kira Sedgwick. Mr. Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. 
Uh, amazing, from notable performance as a guest star on Will and Grace. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did do that one episode. <laughs> he did the dance. He yeah. did the footloose dance. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, and Hollow Man. Ah, yes. Uh, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Sorry, I should have. People know about Hollow Man. People talk about that one. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. Okay. Uh, the Page Master Zone. Exactly. Macaulay Culkin. Nailed Culkin. it. Culkin. It's hard to say. It is. Carly Simon. Okay. She's so vain. She is so vain. Lauren do- knows nothing about music. That was highly impressive. <laughs> Everyone applaud right now, wherever you are on Thank the you. train. Applaud. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I need that. Gary Sinise of CSI New York fame. For sure. And the movie Ransom. Oh, that movie scared me so much as a kid. That movie's terrifying. And not just because Mel Gibson's in it. Good point. <laughs> John Lithgow. Oh, I love him. Also star of Footloose. I wonder if they talked. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Glenn Headley. I'm a big fan of a Headley. Star of Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah. And that one scene in the X-Files movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one is the loneliest number. <laughs> and finally, Shelley Duvall. Okay. No relation to Robert Duvall. <laughs> okay. Even though her father's name is Robert Duvall, hashtag two Robert Duvalls. <laughs> yeah, let's get that trending. <laughs> uh, but fun fact for you, Lauren, she was married to Paul Simon for two years. Oh, my God. Yes. You know who else was married to Paul Simon? <laughs> who? Tell me all about it. Carrie Fisher. Oh, my gosh. Good job. Thanks. I'm really proud of that. So she is known for being in The Shining. Okay. And also the live-action Popeye movie starring Robin Williams. Again, that we all remember and know about. So yeah, some pretty great callers. And I have brought a clip of John Lithgow calling in. Excellent. I don't understand it, Doc. I'm a successful guy. I have my own car dealership, but... Still, I'm depressed. You've probably heard of me, Madman Martinez. Well, what seems to be the source of your depression, Madman? I guess it's just that business is down. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I slashed prices this week. Right now, I got an 88 Olds Cutlass on the lot in rare turquoise metallic, cord of a roof, leather, factory air. Madman. Yeah, and that's nothing compared to the six brand new Supers I got in. They're priced Mad- sell with a 20% discount to all your listeners. People say to me, Madman, you're crazy, but I say, hey! I deal in volume. Fortunately, so do I. Well, that's about all the time we have today, folks. Stay tuned for Bob Bulldog Briscoe after these paid commercial messages. John Lithgow's great. He's a delight. Lauren, you wanted to talk more about the guest cast on season two. Yes, I think... As we see in that wonderful list of Who's Calling, the show is really coming into its own with guest callers and guest stars. Um, And the ones that I noted for season two include John O'Hurley, who I don't really know. I think he was on Seinfeld. He did some commercials, too. He's got Mm -hmm. that commercial voice. Yeah, and he wears a sweater. I can picture that guy in a sweater. Absolutely. Um, Then we have John C. McGinley, who is amazing. I know him from Scrubs and from Office Space, the movie. He's one of the Bobs. Ah, right. He sure is. He's great. <laughs> Taya Leone is a guest star, and I only know her as having been married to David Duchovny. Uh, you should more so know her from Jurassic Park 3. Of course, The Lost World. No, that's, that's two. two. 
Three is just JP3. It's the one with William H. Macy. And they trick Sam to take him to the wrong island and raptors are a big deal. Taryn knows a lot about Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) I know more than it sounds like right now. Here's a clip of Taya Leone as Sheila, Sam Malone's fiance, who Fraser slept with. Hello, Fraser. Hello, Sheila. Good to see you again. Sam, you are one lucky guy. He's out getting our plane tickets. Oh, good. Look, you have some explaining to do, young lady. Okay, okay. Wine? No, thank you. Look. First of all, I know this is an excuse what I did, but I had no idea that you were a friend of Sam's. <clears throat> I'm a sexual compulsive. That's how Sam and I met in group. <laughs> Look, that night I spent with you, I guess I just kind of fell off the wagon. But it was terrible. I felt awful afterwards. It ended up being a kind of a turning point for me. That's how it is with addiction. Before you get better, you have to hit rock bottom. Yes. Well, I'm glad I could be down there for you. Uh, So she is just one of, of these many fun guest stars in season two. Others that we have are Dietrich Bader, who was on the Drew Carey show. Also was in the Beverly Hillbillies movie. He sure was. Mm-hmm. The modern day Jethro. Yes. Mm. Um, jo Beth Williams, she plays Madeline Marshall. Uh, she's known from sort of like 70s, 80s movies. Poltergeist, The Big Chill, Kramer vs. Kramer. I believe she was a caller last season. Oh, intrigue. Yeah. <laughs> Or not. (laughs) Um, And then Nathan Lane shows up, as well as Ted Danson as Sam Malone. Ted Danson, I have thoughts on him. Please. He so he's in the episode the show where Sam shows up, and he is super charming. Uh Uh-huh. I did not really watch Cheers because you weren't born yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I am a good place fan. And everyone should be. Go watch that show. And Ted Danson is adorable in it. Mm-hmm. But I I see why people are, like, crazy for the character of Sam Malone. He is so lovable and charming mm-hmm. and great. And Ted Danson is lovable and charming and great. Yeah, I agree. And he's, like, his whole thing is he's a womanizer. But you kind of get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. And, yeah, he's sort of, like, I, I don't know. He's it's just charming. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Sam's appearance is a good reminder to me that very recently in this world, Fraser's regular hangout was a run-of-the-mill bar in Boston. It's such a different world. Totally different world, yeah. Um, and certainly the character was a little bit pretentious in that space, and he and Lilith together, they didn't quite fit in, but it's a bar. Like, it's fine. Yeah. But as we see in episodes in season two, like The Club... Frasier doesn't really fit into Seattle's elite either. Ultimately, you know, he's Martin's son, and we see glimpses of that in that episode where he and Niles are striving to be accepted in the upper echelon of Seattle society, but really they're just regular dudes. Yeah, they they should be back at Cheers. Mm -hmm. And Kelsey Grammer plays Frasier really well as kind of that 
person who's stuck between those two worlds. Our next segment is 1990s Nonsense, where we discuss the aspects of the show that have not aged as well as others. Reminder, it's been 25 years since Frasier premiered and a lot has changed. Taryn, you're up first. What nonsense do you bring to Nonsense Corner? Mine is just that Frasier has a tendency to refer to women not as women. Please elaborate. He calls them girls quite often, or creatures. Ick. And anything but equal female humans. Mm. And it's a bummer. Sure. At one point, he even calls Sam out for not talking about women as people, as women. But he does just, he does the same, just on a less obvious level, where Sam would say, like, chick or whatever. Frasier would say something like calling a grown woman a girl. And I would say it is just as insidious, if not more, because you don't notice it as much. Yep, that's gross. It's it. It's not good. Not good. Lauren, what are you bringing mm-hmm. to Nonsense Corner? Bum us out. Here comes the bummers. So to quote Fraser, a disquisition is indeed at hand. We've talked about the problems of the episode called Daphne's Room before, uh, but I have a little bit more to say. <laughs> so this is the episode where... Frasier keeps going into Daphne's room, even though she has specifically asked him not to. And she shouldn't have to ask him not to. It's her room. No, but she did. Just in case. Yep, she did. So, Frasier is a complete jackass in that episode. He continues to go into the room, but he also, like, once he's in there and he accomplishes the thing that he went in to do, he continues to snoop around. Like, he's a complete jackass. And what's worse is that he believes that because he is being very nice about feeling bad that he did it, that he deserves to be forgiven for that wrongdoing. And this sucks. (laughs) Sucks with many S's, many U's, etc. Yeah, this is a kind of nonsense that is not confined to the 1990s, uh, where air quote, good guys think that their behavior is excusable because they are nice. I, I can't have it. Nope. No, real, no, no. Real suck fest. Real suck fest. It is October 2018 and it's been a rough one, so <laughs> I say no to this. Yep. <laughs> Strong no. Turning back to things we love about the show, because despite what we just said, we do love the show. <laughs> we do. It's the it's that time where we recommend an episode for you from the second season. Lauren, what's your pick? My favorite episode from this season that really features Kelsey Grammer and features the cast is Retirement is Murder. Um, everyone gets into that ridiculous scene where Fraser explains how the monkey did it, including Niles, which it's not a Niles episode, but he adorably attributes 
this as he thinks that the trainer is maybe doing like an homage to a Poe story about an orangutan in Paris or something. It's adorable. That's wonderful. Yeah. That episode is well worth your time. Definitely. Taryn, what is your pick for season two? I'm picking Dark Victory. It's a really good ensemble episode. It's basically a bottle episode. So all the cast is interacting with each other for pretty much the entire time. And Kelsey Grammer is really great in it. Check that out for sure. Thanks for listening to Cafe Nervosa. Check out our other episodes. They're in Apple Podcasts and on Google Play and on our website at cafenervosapodcast.com. On that website, Taryn makes recaps for each of our podcast episodes, including links, GIFs, and other observations, including, importantly, how many times we mention Lilith. Please also go right now and follow us on Instagram at Cafe Nervosa Pod. We'd like to thank Colette Jonas for composing our awesome theme music, and we would love it if you would help us spread the word about our show by telling the Niles to your Fraser or the Daphne to your Martin about Cafe Nervosa. We'd like to end every episode with clips of our favorite jokes from this season based on our theme. Taryn, you're up. All you need to know here is that the Oscar winner, Mary Steenburgen, is calling in. And I, I just want to thank you, Dr. Crane. Because of your advice, I've conquered my fear of heights. I, I took it slowly, gradually going higher and higher until... Here I am right now having lunch at the top of the Space Needle. Marjorie, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I mean, what I think of how you... <laughs> God, what's wrong? What happened? I just looked down. Oh, well, Marjorie, don't do that. Listen, look at your luncheon companions. Look at your menu, but don't look down. You're only feeding your fears when you do that. Maybe I wasn't ready for a window table. No, no, no. Of course you are. Of course you are. You can beat this thing. joke are you leaving us with? I actually think this one requires no setup. Enjoy. One thing I must ask you, what was your inspiration for this poignant love story? Oh, oh, quiet, quiet. It's his last chance. Well, Amber, it was actually given to me by God. By God? <laughs> Do you believe this guy's grandiosity? I'm God and he knows it. Well, he'll be right.